Amen. Everyone say praise the Lord. How many of you, that's your testimony. The longer you serve him, the sweeter he grows. Praise God. It's so great to have you gather in Bible study. Thank you for your worship tonight. And I'm uh, looking forward to the word of the Lord. I'm enjoying these lessons so much. Thank you for everything you did on Sunday, the Bible school. What a great, great service we had um, on Sunday night and all the work that went into it. God bless each of you and your response. Um, uh, your response was, uh, was wonderful. Would you open with me in the Bibles to Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 19 and we'll, we'll start there and then we'll, we'll move on other, other places. But this is what we kind of our key verse on these, on these series of lessons that we're, we're going through. I'm thankful for each one of you that are here serving the Lord. Isaiah 59 and verse 19. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against, against him, against the enemy. So this is how we kind of kicked it off last week, uh, battlefronts. And so last week, last week we talked about the battle that is within. The battle within. And uh, we kind of argued last week that if we can settle the battle within, the battle among and the battle without will be taken care of. It is that, that war, that war between the flesh and the, the flesh and the spirit. And we talked about the, uh, the works of the flesh. Uh, the works of the flesh, the Bible says, uh, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, those are the works of the flesh. And then on the other side, we have the fruit of the spirit which is love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, and temperance. And these are, <clears throat> these are the things that war uh, against one another. They oppose one another. But when, when we allow the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God to function in our life, then uh, we will win that battle, that battle within the Spirit of God will help us to win that battle within. And so tonight, with the help of the Lord, oh dear, everyone's, you're all bracing yourselves. We're going to talk about the battle among. Everyone say among. <sighs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if we, everybody just got along? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't Great, even with your spouse, if you just got along. And so, maybe tonight, maybe tonight we'll hear something that'll help our marriages. I don't know. 
just never know because uh, it's part of it. But anyway, we're, we want to talk about, talk about the battle. Um, there is, uh, so we're just going to be plain tonight. We're just going to be plain. The reality is uh, not everybody's going to get along. And, and we say, well, you know, we have the Holy Ghost, we should get along. How many of you have the Holy Ghost and still can't get along with everybody? So, thank you, Sister Donna, thank you so much. So, we can, uh, we can kind of, you know, bypass the notion that just because we have the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that we are always, always going to get along with one another. And I... I'm not going to make a bunch of disparaging remarks, but you know, my wife has the Holy Ghost. I have the Holy Ghost. But there are days that we just don't, uh, we just don't, uh... <laughs> give her a microphone. Would you give somebody hand her a microphone? There are just some days uh, we, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't. Uh, we don't get along. So, uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean, and I, I meant what I said Sunday night, you know, or Sunday, I, I think it was Sunday when I, when I said, we, we have to remember we're all God's children. Just because I may not get along with you doesn't mean God hates you. And just because you may not get along with me doesn't mean God hates me. Uh, sometimes if I don't get along with somebody, I don't want anybody else to get along with them. And, uh, and so... You know, but that's not, that's not how it works in the kingdom. That's not the kingdom of God. There are times that God's children uh, conflict with each other. Uh, there are times we, we fuss with, with each other. We just always can't get along. Sometimes there are, there are, there are problems and conflicts that creep up among, among God's among God's people. Now, sometimes they're a little more heightened in a smaller rural area because most of us are related or connected somehow. And, and, and so maybe in a smaller rural area, some of those conflicts are accentuated. Uh, sometimes they affect more people than they do just two individuals because families are involved and and friends are involved, and friends and family attend the same church, and so sometimes those things are a little bit, uh, a little bit accentuated. Uh, but the fact is, is that there will be times when, when, uh, uh, when people will will disagree, differences along the trail. This and this is a a a. Um, a battlefield. Husbands will sometimes feud with wives. Wives with husbands. Sometimes board members will feud with, with board members. I've been in some hot board meetings. Uh, there will be misunderstandings amongst church people. Sometimes even, uh, sometimes even unkind words will be spoken amongst church family. How many of you have ever had an unkind word spoken to you by a church member? Sure. 
Sure, it, it happens. It happens. It happens to us. So there'll be misunderstandings. Uh, sometimes, sometimes rude comments. Has anybody ever received a rude comment before? My goodness, you're, 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 you're getting so fat. That's a popular one. That's a popular one. My goodness. Oh, you look old. Oh. Are you sick? Are you sick? You okay? So, uh, these things, these things happen. Uh, one time I walked into a place and, and two fellas squared off. They, they squared off. And they didn't just square off. They, they hit each other. And here was Pastor Farrell in the middle of them. And I had this hand on the scruff of this guy's neck and this hand on the scruff of this guy's neck and I was pulling them apart. Pulling them apart. Sometimes people just have, they have, uh, they have conflicts. So, uh, but the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against, against the, uh, him, them, it, whatever it is. And so uh, I'm, of the, I'm of the persuasion tonight that even in, in when there's conflict among, the Spirit of the Lord can do a mighty work in those situations. Someone say amen that believes that. How many have you have experienced in times of battles among, the Spirit of the Lord has done a mighty work in that circumstance? And it, it can happen. So, uh, I think we need to address the root. We need to address the root. And, it, and, uh, and there, there's probably lots of causes and things like that. But James, James tackled, tackled uh, an important root. And I would invite you to James chapter 4 and verse number 1. James chapter 4 and verse number 1. And so as I'm going through this, please in your heart and mind, you know, just ref do a personal reflection. Don't, you know, there, there are some individuals when something goes wrong, they, they think it's the whole world. Then there's other people when something goes wrong, they think it's all them. It's the two perspectives, you know. Some think it's everybody else, some think it's only them. But I would like for us tonight as we reflect through this, think, uh, this is, what is my part in, in this? So, uh, James, James says, Where, uh, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Where does this come from? Where, what is the source of the wars? Isn't that an interesting uh, word? Wars and fightings. Those are, those are, when I think of a little argument or a feud or a conflict, I don't, I don't immediately go to war and fightings. But James took it right to the extreme. Where are the wars and the fightings uh, among you? Then he says, come they not 
even of your own lusts that war in your, your members. So I, I wanted to look at a few other renditions here. What causes, what causes fights and quarrels? The New International Version says it's from the desires that battle within you. James, James says that the, the wars and the fightings among you starts within you. So my war with Brother Kinney isn't Brother Kinney, James is saying. The war that I'm having with Brother Kinney starts in me. It's me. It comes from me. It's not coming from Brother Kinney. It's coming from me. James is putting the responsibility back on, on us as individuals. Where does it come from? It's from the desires that battle within in me. The New Living Translation said, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't you know they come from the evil desires at war within, within you? So my feud with my spouse starts in me. And uh, her feud with me starts in her. That's, am, I, am I reading it right? Am I reading it right? Okay, well, I, thank you, Brother Kenny. But it's survival, isn't it? And it's so tricky. It's tricky because um, when, we, when I want to put the spotlight on you, the word of the Lord turns it right around and puts it back puts it back on me. We, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying that people don't do things. I'm not saying people don't do things. I, I'm not always treated right. You're not always treated right. But James is saying that the source of the war and the fightings that come out of that are from what happens in us, not from the actual thing that's out there. And you've heard the statement, you can't control what people do to you, but you can control how you react to what people do to you. And I think that that's what James is getting at here. You're, you're not causing how they treat you, but, but how you react to it, it does come back and settle on your shoulders. And I think that's uh, what James is getting here. Uh, passions that war within you. Uh, the New American Standard says uh, it's the pleasures that wage war in your, in your body. Uh, yeah, anyway, I think you get the idea of, of what we're talking about here. Uh, the Bible, the, the pulpit commentary says that quarrels arise from pride and greed. That's their interpretation, that when we, when we quarrel, and, and again, we can't, we, can't, we can't fight what people do to us, but what, what happens is our response creates the quarrel. And, and James is saying that the source of that quarrel is our own pride and our own, our own greed. Um, so I... I, I made a statement here with my wife a while ago. I don't know that I've ever picked a fight with anybody. I, I don't think I have. 
but I know that I have never backed down from one. Isn't that the truth? How many can testify to that? I don't, I don't think I've ever gone and picked a fight with anybody, but I know that I have not backed down from one. And, and I think that that's the point that James is trying to get at here. There will be poking and prodding and the enemy's going to poke and people are going to poke. But the quarrel happens when we, through our own maybe pride and greed, uh, engage, engage in, the, in the battle. Engage in the battle. You see, there is no quarrel between Brother Kinney and I if I don't engage it. There's no quarrel between Brother Price and I if I don't engage it. There's no, there's no quarrel. The quarrel happens when, when, when we engage in it. And, and uh, so this war among, James is saying, James is, is telling us and, and teaching us in this that if we could deal if we could deal with the issue inside of us that makes us respond or react or engage with it, if we, if we would deal with that, there would be no wars and fighting among, among us. And that's, that is, uh, to me, revelatory. That is revelatory uh, to me. That the reason are for wars and fighting are not that I get poked, it's that I poke back. And that's, uh, that's, uh, that's where it comes from. Now, we're, we're going to have it. We're, we're going to have it. People are going to, uh, people are going to step, people are going to step on our toes. I was on a, a flight, I was on a flight from here to Pakistan years ago, and I was, um, I was a bit outnumbered on the flight, and, uh, and uh, on a flight, there's often a conflict over who gets the armrest. And uh, the gentleman sitting beside me felt like he should have both armrests. And... I didn't feel like I shouldn't have some of the armrest some of the time. And I remember our elbows digging into each other a little bit on that on that flight. On that flight you're going to have those. Uh, we're going to have we're going to have times of uh, do I say do I say battles James says I want you to think about something James the, pa pa the pastor I want you to think about something I, I would like you to think about that where these quarrels and battles come from is more something inside of you than it is actually what is happening to you it's the battle inside of you. Would you would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus. God, your spirit can teach us more about this right now than what I can even ever say about it. God, I pray that you would just 
help us. There are some unnecessary feuds and, and battles and things that really could be avoided and unnecessary if we could deal with some of the passions and some of the prides and some of the uh, desires within our own flesh, our own life. And I pray, Jesus, that you help us. Give us a revelation. Revelation tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, I, I really believe that if we could conquer the battle within us, that there would, there would be the automatic victory in the battle among us. But because we often, uh, because we don't often deal with the battle within, we often lose the battle among. We often lose the battle among. And you, you say, Pastor, you, you struggle with the battle among? Sure, we all do. We are, we are all human. How many of you have ever walked away from a battle feeling like, thank God I was involved in that? Even if I feel like I've won, I've lost. And invariably, you have to go back and say, I'm sorry. Invariably. And uh, invariably, you have to do it. But when we have the Spirit of God in our life, if we allow the Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to talk some about this, the love, joy, and the peace, and, and, and those things. If we allow those things to rule in our life, well, and I, and I, already, I already hear the argument some. I, I even have it somewhat in myself. But, but that means I have to, I have to walk away. <clears throat> There's not a whole lot of walk away in me. But how much better it is. How much better it is. How much better it is. The best way to block a punch is to not be there. Isn't that the truth? The be and that, that isn't even a spiritual concept. It's a... It's, uh, it's something else, but from another source. But, but it is so, so true, the best way. And I, well, you, mean I have to, you mean I have to walk away? No, you don't have to. You don't have to. But, but I think you'll feel so much better about yourself. And I, I'm, I am at the age where... I think if I have to go apologize again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw up. I just am I'm tired of that. And, uh, and how much better it is to just allow the Spirit of God to regulate, regulate those passions and those desires and those things inside of, of your heart. Uh, and you know... There's just something about, uh, there's, you've heard it, maybe lose some battles to win the war. It, it's, it's wonderful for someone to be able to say, you know, he, he, 
he, she, they didn't, they didn't respond. I, I poked them pretty hard, but, but they didn't, they didn't, res, they didn't respond. Uh, we come to church and we think it's a perfect place. It's a perfect place and and perfect people and and it's it's great and and wonderful. And then all of a sudden, uh, you get around somebody and they get they get talking about about somebody else. And uh, and I, I've had people I've had people want to arm me up. I've had people want to arm me up. They. They don't want to punch anybody, but they won't mind if I punch somebody for them. They don't mean to. They're just, they're just unburdening themselves, but boy, they're amping me up. You ever had somebody come and talk to you about a situation, and by the end of it, you were ready to go find that other person and just choke them? Yeah, it, it, it happens. It happens to me. If, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we, we will lose the battle among us. We will lose the battle. We will lose the battle among us. Uh, but the Spirit, the Spirit of God will help us. Paul said this. Paul said, I encourage you to have long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Uh, the Bible talks about comfort the feeble-minded. The Bible talks about being patient. Do you know, everybody is not going to do what we expect that they should do. Isn't that the truth? I am probably not going to do what you expect that I should do in your particular situation. You may not do what I expect that you should do in a particular situation. Your coworker is probably not going to do what you expect them to do in a particular situation. That's why the Bible says uh, the Bible says long suffering. Well. Well, how long is long-suffering? I don't know. I don't know. It just says long-suffering. Uh, gentleness. 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 The Bible talks about gentleness and goodness and patience and, and comforting. You see, uh, we, we have to fight this, uh, this tendency for a battle among in order to keep God's favor upon our church. It's because we are so interwoven. We're so interwoven. Do you know that a conflict between you folks affects me? And a conflict between me affects, affects you. We are we are interwoven, and there will be conflict. But the key is managing it in a godly, a godly way. So the Bible says that a man found a treasure in a field. He found a treasure in a field. And he went and sold everything he had 
and he went and bought the entire field. He wanted the treasure, but he got the field. The treasure was of greater value than the field, but the field was of much larger size than the treasure. And a lot of times we are focused on the treasure, but we have to deal with the field. <laughs> All of us can handle the treasure, but that field, that's where the, that's where the work is. I'm, I'm going to buy the field, and all I'm thinking I'm getting is the treasure. But you're getting that whole field. And uh, dealing with the treasure is easy, but, but managing that field, whew, there are a lot of weeds in that field. Any of you ever picked rocks before? You have. You've done that around here. You've picked rocks before. Yeah, oh, where do they come from? You can pick all those rocks this year, and you know what? They're right back there again next year. <laughs> yeah, didn't we just do this a few months ago? You mean we got to pick rocks again? Yep, because that's the nature of the field. It's full of roots and ruts and, and rocks and the field is, the field is, it's miserable. And that's what happens is we think we're just getting the treasure, but every single one of us come with a field. And it's managing that field. I don't need the Spirit of God to help me with the treasure. I need the Spirit of God to give me wisdom and direction with the field. And when you're dealing with the field, you have to have long-suffering. That farmer knows when he buys that field, I'm going to have to pick the rocks out of this field every single year for as long as I own and want to use this field. That's long-suffering. That's long-suffering. I know I'm going to have to weed this field for the rest of my life. That's long-suffering. You see, that's long-suffering. It's, it's part of owning the treasure is managing the field. And... And that field needs patience. It needs patience. It needs, uh, needs long-suffering. It, uh, it, needs, it needs work. It'd be wonderful to drop a bomb in the middle of that field to get rid of the, the rocks and the, and the weeds, but you just destroy the whole field. Can't do that. Can't do that. We need the Spirit of the Lord to fill us with the love and the joy and the patience and the long-suffering and the meekness and all those, all those. Uh, an important component here is that we be not easily offended. 
And that applies to all of us. That applies to all of us. All of us have been offended. We have all been offended. You can't, you can't, the Bible says offenses will come. You're going to be offended. I'm going to be offended. It is going to happen. It's going to happen. The trick is, what do we do with the offense before it turns into uh, a quarrel? The word of the Lord said, when the enemy comes like a flood, when offenses come like a flood, when things come like a flood, the spirit of the Lord is going to raise up a standard against it. One of the ways the Spirit of the Lord will come against offenses is when God's people say, I'm just not going to hold on to offense. I'm not going to have hurt feelings. I'm not going to hold ill will. How do you do that, preacher? I don't know how you do it. Because I don't have the ability to do it. But I know when I take it to prayer and when I allow the Spirit of God and I, uh, Lord, I'm just going to let it go. I, I'm going to just give it to you. I, I'm going, and, I, and I, I know I feel the resistance in your mind, like, but it was wrong. I know it was wrong, but it's going to kill you if you hold on to it. Uh, there, it will create a war among us. I've just got to let it go. I, I'm not going to let myself be offended by that. It's, tr it's really the truth. It's really the truth. And none of us have it mastered. That's why we need the Spirit of the Lord. That's why we, the first, the first thing we do to win the battle among is deal with the battle within in my own pride and my own sense of justice and fairness and just say, God, I'm going to turn this over to you and I'm going to let you deal with this offense because if I hold on to it, it's going to destroy me. Going to be, it's going to destroy me. It can be done. It can be done. We can either live in peace or we can have World War III. And uh, James says, it rests on you. It rests, it rests on you. Amen. Um, so there are some things there, and, and I, Brother Fair White teaches. It's just part of the series. I, I, I have I have nothing going on in my heart and life that I'm trying to attack in our church with this. This I'm just sharing you the word of the Lord. I don't have anybody's I don't have anybody's you know bust on my wall here in my mind that I'm going after. Uh, I'm just teaching the word of the Lord. Uh, there are things that fuel the. The war among, it's a critical spirit, a critical spirit, um, a gossiping spirit, a hashing spirit. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I, we all have been a part of those things or done those things, but, but they're very harmful. They're very harmful. 
And while you may recover from it and I may recover from it, there, there is always collateral damage of, of someone that may hear that or it, it, may, it may destroy something in that. It's parents to hash the ministry over and for the ministry to hash the saints over, uh, you may survive, I may survive, but my children may lose their faith in the ministry. The, the only thing that will save a, their soul is, is a trust in the ministry. And uh, if we destroy that in our children, uh, and, and if, if, if uh, all my children here is hashing over the saints, then they, they won't want anything to do with the church or the kingdom of God. It's, very, it's a very dangerous, it's a very unhealthy practice. It's a very unhealthy practice. Let's just, let's just put it that way. To, to accuse and, and, uh, and, and be, be critical, be critical. Uh, and it happens. Okay, uh, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 23. Chrissy, if you can find that. I, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 23. This is a very important scripture. Uh, would you read it with me? But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. One translation says, Reject foolish and ignorant speculation, for you know it breeds quarreling. Something that is going to breed a quarrel are... A foolish and ignorant speculation. Speculation. Um, uh, open with me in the word of the Lord to Titus 3 and verse 9. Titus 3 and verse 9. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. One translation says, avoid foolish controversies, arguments, quarrels, because these things are pointless and worthless. Pointless and worthless. How many conversations have you walked away from, and all you were was upset? And you thought, that was absolutely a waste of time. A waste of time. And you say, well, I'm, I'm uncomfortable to, to, to stop a conversation like that. Well, what would you rather be? Uncomfortable afterwards and, and part of fueling a quarrel? Or just stopping it and saying, I don't, I don't want to hear any more of that. I don't want to hear. I was so proud of a person here a while ago. They shared a story. They got in a situation and, and someone started running another person down. And this individual sat right up and said, before you go any further, I want you to know that that person and I are friends 
and I will not be a part of a conversation that is derogatory about that person. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's wonderful. I think that's so beautiful. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Why? Because I'm trying to protect the war among us. I'm trying to protect that. I'm trying to protect that war among us. I don't, I don't want to be a part of, of a war among, among you. I, I, don't, I don't want that in my life. Uh, so, so the word of the Lord gives us some instructions on how to, how to deal with that. And this verse of scripture gets quoted quite a lot. In fact, it's part of our own policy. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if, she, if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. And so we use this verse, but we often use it wrong. And it often doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work is because we miss, the whole, we miss the whole intent and context of the verse. The, the, the key here is a desire to gain thy brother. That's the key of this verse. A lot of people don't go to the other because they want to gain a brother. <laughs> I'm here still to let you know why and how I'm chafing. I'm not here to gain you. I'm here to let you know that I'm still ticked off at you. And that's why it doesn't work. In order for this principle and concept to work, it has to be born out of a desire for restoration. And very rarely do those meetings privately with thy brother. Because in most cases, when I desire to gain a brother... I'm really not interested in hashing over who did what and why they did it. I'm just here to say, I'm sorry. Can we love one another again? And that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. So uh, let's talk about this for a minute. In order for us to end the war among we have to first check our own heart. You see, we want to pick the we want to pick the little toothpick. No, we want to pick the we want to pick the log out of somebody else's eye and leave the toothpick in ours. Or is that how that goes? Or or no, I want to pick the toothpick out of your eye, but I got a log in mine. Is that, maybe that's how it goes. Either way, there's a log and a toothpick, and they're in our eyes, and we got to get it out. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to correct you when, when I had a big, huge tube before right in my own eye. And the whole point is, is that before I start trying to, to you know, you, I need to make sure that, that I'm right. That's all James is talking about. If we want to end the war 
among us. And if the Spirit of God is going to work in our lives and raise us, we've got to stop worrying about getting the other person fixed. And Lord, just, just deal with me. Just, just deal with me. Just, just deal with, with me. We have to check our own motives. Are we going to prove that once again we're right? We're right. And how many have gone to somebody and tried to settle it and you just walk away and it's actually worse? The reason it's worse is because we went hoping they would see our point and agree with us and apologize to us. I'm going to go to them and I'm going to show them once again how they were wrong and hopefully they'll see it this time and tell me they're sorry. And when it doesn't happen, they're just not Christian at all, are they? And it just keeps going on. It doesn't end until we can just say, Lord, I just am going to go say I'm sorry for my part and you deal with them in their part. What's our motives? Uh, make sure you get the facts right. How many of you have carried something and carried something and finally went and, and told the story and the other person say, that's, that's not even how it was. That's not even how it was. And here, they, here they've been upset for six months or two years and that's not even that's not even how it was. The facts weren't right. The facts weren't right. But you know, it, it's hard to convince somebody of something once they've made up in their mind. How That's how it, it was. But often, often uh, hearsay, gossip, um, you know, anyway. Uh, and you have to genuinely care, want restoration. If you don't, it really doesn't work. And then the interesting thing is, is Matthew chapter 18, it goes on into the question of, of forgiveness, which I find very interesting. The question of forgiveness, because, you know, Jesus is teaching them there's going to be conflict, and, and, and the disciples were getting a little bit tight. Well, what do you mean? Okay, how, how often do I have to forgive? Seven times? And what did Jesus say? Seventy times. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. You're taking this way too far. You mean I have to forgive that many times? Yeah. That's what Jesus taught. And I, I'm, I'm, having to, I'm having to take this into myself because I'm still red-blooded just like you. You are. So when we want the Spirit of the Lord to raise up a standard to help us win the battle among, we have to check our motives, our hearts, our desires. We have to make sure that we have a spirit of, of forgiveness. Forgiveness. And so uh, there's, there's uh, so much here I want to say. Uh, we, have to, uh, we have to, number one, love one another. We have to love one another. Now, the problem is we have a little bit of a misunderstanding on what love is. We think it's that touchy-feely, warm, fuzzy uh, passion. 
Um, the Bible's not talking that we have to be romantically in love with each other. The Bible is talking about we have to love one another. What is love? What is love? The Bible says that love is patient, it's kind, it's not jealous, it's not boastful, it's not proud, it's not rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, it keeps no records of wrong, it doesn't rejoice in injustice, love does not give up, it doesn't lose faith, it's hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. So when the Bible says that we're to love one another, the Bible is saying we should be patient and kind and not jealous and not boastful and not proud or rude. We're rude. Um, you know, so when I'm not rude to you and when you're not rude to each other or to me, that's, that's, that's biblical love. When we're not rude to each other. That's, that's very simple. When we're not irritable, when we don't keep a record of, of who was wrong and when we were wronged and how we were wrong, it just, it just keeps no record of being wrong. When I, when I, when I do not keep a record of, of you wronging me and me wronging you and no record is kept, that is biblical love. That's biblical love. Uh, love never gives up. It doesn't lose faith. It, it's always hopeful. So, so when we are always hopeful about each other, that, that's love. So the Bible says love one another. Uh, forgive one another. Romans says repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Uh, don't complain about each other. Don't complain about each other. Uh, if we want to uh, win the war among, serve each other. Serve one another. And then pray for each other. Um, is that, is that a, one of our first response when we have a, a, a war among is to pray for each other? Now, sometimes I've prayed, Lord, rain fire down. I don't think that that's what the scripture is talking about. Lord, wipe them out. That's my prayer. I don't think that's what, I don't think that's what it meant by pray for each other, pray for each other. Uh, be humble, be humble one to another. Uh, okay, let me close with this. First, we should always be fair and equitable in our treatment of everyone. How wonderful it would be before we get upset or offended is, is try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Put ourselves in the other person's shoes. What's going on in their life? What's happening in their life? What, what is making them act or respond? Lord, would you give me some insight or vision into that? And maybe there would be some compassion that would come. Um, try to keep emotions out of it. I know that's hard. That's hard to do. Uh, we should treat the failings and the corruptions, and people will fail us. People will fail me, they will fail you. Parents will fail children, children will fail parents. Brothers will fail brothers and sisters, and church members will fail each other. We will fail each other. We're humans. We will fail each other. I will fail my wife. I will fail you. We have to deal with the failings of others in a correct way because I will fail you. 
and you will fail one another. And we have to deal with those failings correctly. Uh, we should never overestimate or underestimate people. I just didn't think they would ever do that. Why not? Why wouldn't they ever do that? They're human. They're human. Just think of the number of times you or I have done things that people thought that we should never, ever have done. But we know we do things that we don't intend or mean to do. So if we take that overestimation or underestimation out of the picture, then we, we're able to understand and uh, look at our own shortcomings. Remember, the Bible says, who shall ever be exalted shall be abased, and, and those that humble themselves shall be exalted. Praise the Lord. Would you stand tonight? Well, it's food for thought, isn't it? It's food for thought. So, we have dealt with the battle within, and you know, really, back to the whole point, if we would deal with the battle within, the battle among gets pretty simple. It gets pretty easy. When I, when I have the battle among, it's because something is not dead in me on the battle within. Brother Lewis used to say to me all the time, and uh, I didn't like it every time he said it, and I still don't like it. <laughs> Dead men don't feel them when you kick them. That does not solve the issue of the person doing the kicking. <laughs> yes, okay, I'm dead, but they shouldn't be kicking me. <laughs> he just smiled. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dead men don't feel them when you kick them. Yeah. And so if we can deal with the battle within, that's all James is saying. If you can die out to your own flesh, if you could do what Brother Lewis says, just become a dead man, surrendered completely to the Lord, Surrendered completely to him. I, I give my all, Lord. I, I. And when we die out to our own expectations, passions, desires, realize there goes I but the grace of God, uh, then, then that battle among gets so much, so much better. So much better. <laughs> Amen. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior.
unto thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. Hallelujah. 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 I can honestly say over my life, any time I have engaged in a quarrel, I have, I have never walked out of it feeling like, boy, I'm really glad I did that. Really glad that I got involved in that. I'm so thankful I allowed my spirit to go there. No, no. <laughs> I remember, now don't anybody go out of here saying that Brother Farrell said this. <clears throat> because I'm going to say it, but it, I'm not saying that you're it. Anyway, I remember years ago, Brother Billy Cole preaching from this pulpit right here. He said, you can live with, you can hit a skunk, but you'll live with a stink. Now, I'm not calling anybody a skunk, all right? I'm not. But his point was, you can engage in things, but you will carry the residue of that with you. And it's awful. It's awful. It bothers your spirit. If it doesn't bother your spirit, it should. It should. It really, it really should. It really should. Lord, I, I pray that you just allow these words to... Settle into our spirit to give, us, to give us pause and contemplation, God, and thought. Lord, to, to help us deal with the field in a biblical, godly, spirit-filled manner or way. And I pray you bless these dear folks. Thank you for this teaching. Thank you for helping us be more like you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. So next... Uh...